Welcome to another episode of Records Revisit, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who used to go to parties. He used to drink champagne. Now he's beginning to feel the strain. Here's the bad brain himself and my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben Hamid. So for this episode, we have a special guest. She's the daughter of one of our former guests, Phil Burke. He educated us on the band The Beat Farmers. Please welcome to the podcast, Melanie Berg. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to be here. We're excited for it as well. Very excited. I guess first I should say congratulations because you you graduated from high school. That was a trip. (laughs) (laughs) And that was part of the stipulation because you wanted to come on the podcast earlier and dad stepped in and said... She's got to graduate first. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't know how to feel about this. Like we were, we were one of the carrots that your dad was dangling in front of you to graduate from high school. Yeah, and it didn't work. I didn't graduate. <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations! Congratulations! Yeah, congratulations! Premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each episode, I ask the all-important question, Wayne. I'm going to start with you. What T-shirt are you wearing? I've worn all my Ramones shirts, but this is a band from New York, which I believe was had to be influenced by the Ramones. It's the Strokes. Oh, absolutely influenced by. Yes, absolutely. All right, Melanie, how about you? What T-shirt are you wearing? Well, so it's funny. I am wearing my Paramore 2018 After Laughter Tour T-shirt. This was funny because it was um, an early birthday present from my dad. So he took me to go see them in concert. And Paramore is one of my favorite fans literally ever so going to see him was just amazing but the people in la are mean let me just say that they're just mean. <laughs> i'm surprised you didn't pick a paramore record then to talk about maybe maybe in the future maybe in the future okay. all right all right well i'm uh i i'm lately as you know i've been taking zero thought on what i'm wearing it's basically what i'm wearing for the day but i'm assuming that pearl jam which I'm wearing one of my Pearl Jam t-shirts. I'm assuming Pearl Jam was pretty influenced by the Ramones two, as well, right? Two things. I wouldn't doubt it. I don't know. Whoever got you that shirt is pretty cool, I think. Uh, number two, Eddie Vedder is who, entered his, who uh, inducted him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There we go. All right. Well, um, yes, the guy who did get me this t-shirt is a pretty cool dude. Um, I just called him a bad brain, though. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I, w- Been called worse. Yeah, I was going to say, is that an insult or is that a, that a compliment? Um, I don't know. I mean, bad brain. Like, I feel like that's a word. That's definitely a Ramones reference. Definitely a Ramones reference. Oh, sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't care. I've been called <laughs> worse than that today. All right. All right. So, so Melanie, um, what episode do you remember that your dad introduced you to the podcast? This was so long ago, but um, I think I really I would think it was one of the ones you did on the Cure, if I'm correct. Okay. Yeah, because I, I love the Cure. My um my mom was a huge Cure fan. She loves Robert Smith, The Pesh Mode, and I also remember getting to more podcasts when there was that feud with Morrissey and Robert Smith. So hearing that was like just combining those two, the, your podcast and the other podcast. I was like. It's just it's interesting how these bands can feud with each other but yet be so similar and be liked by the same people. Gotcha. 
Did you listen to your dad's episode that he did with us? I always ask him in the car, can we play your episode? Because that's one of my favorite episodes. I don't know. My dad just has his personality that's just addicting to be around. Okay. That's good. I, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping that um, my kids say fond things of me <laughs> when Wayne's, Wayne's only laughing. You notice he's being really quiet at this point. Oh, I got kids. Who knows what they say about me? Yeah, I don't. I have no idea what my kids are saying behind my back either. Um, all right, so so you 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 caught us on the 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 cure episode. We do have another cure episode coming out. I'm excited. I can't wait Soon. for that one. <laughs> it we recorded what like three months ago, Wayne, and we just oh, it released. wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. Wasn't it? No, nah, it wasn't that long ago. Okay, month and a yeah. half maybe. All right. I've already released it to our Patreon supporters, so they've they've already listened to it. But one of these days, I'll release it to the general public. All right, how about any other favorite episodes that you that 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 we've done? Um, man, I can't think of one. Uh, there was one David Bowie. Mm, that was a good. Yes, one. definitely a good one. Um, with Lisa Loeb. That uh, she's she's amazing. She's honestly really cool. I really like her energy and just the way she speaks. It's just, I don't know. It's soothing to me. It was so soothing. I was just listening like, man, if I can be best friends with this woman. <laughs> that That's how Wayne feels about Matt Nathanson. Matt Nathanson. He's yeah. I would move to, I would move to San Francisco to just be his neighbor. So we can hang out at barbecues <laughs> and stuff. Uh, yeah. The, there's a few people in Nashville that I, I would move to Nashville if I could just hang out with like, john latham for you know a weekend yeah so anyways (laughs) um all right so to tell us what your your plans are going forward so you you graduated high school um we had to reschedule this this recording because you got a job as well congratulations on that yeah (laughs) yeah i'm very happy um i'm actually kind of well, I'm starting to go to MSJC. I start in the fall, and I'm going to be transferring out to San Diego State, hopefully, be major in mortuary science and minoring in journalism. Okay. All right. Um, good Good luck on all of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so, so what should we be listening to that an 18-year-old is listening to these days? Or are you like one of those old souls that – is listening to beat farmers <laughs> and the Ramones and things like that in your car instead of listening to, I don't know, the weekend or whatever, whatever you young folks are listening to these days. <laughs> yeah. My friends listen to that stuff. But for me, it's like, I'm very into the punk scene and the classic metal scene. Like nineties metal is where it's at. Corn. Metallica, 80s music. Like, I just can't listen to new music because I feel like people lost their touch nowadays because they tend to make music about things about the same thing and it's always about relationships and not about real-life touchy subjects. I mean, the only newer musicians I'll listen to would probably be, like, Iggy Azalea or, like, Suicide Boys because they sing about their life and their experiences, which is great because their fans relate to that. And I feel like that's what is really important when it comes to a band is having your fans connect to you. And I have a hard time doing that with a lot of newer bands, and I can't really do that. But it's mostly with the older bands, because I grew up listening to um, The Cure as well, Depeche Mode, because of my mom. And then The Kinks, The Rolling Stones, The Who, because of my dad. So 
I'm a, I'm a metalhead in the inside, but I just can't do metal. Okay. I just can't do new music. <laughs> All right. Well, that's 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 fine. I mean, um, it's uh, Wayne. Any any new music that you're listening to that would be in that genre? No, no, I. No. <laughs> no, no. All right. No. And 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 I, and I hate to admit that sometimes I feel like I'm a little I'm a little stuck. If I look back at my my Twitter feed cuz I I post a lot of of what I'm listening to. Um I'll look back on a day and I'm like, "Wow, I was really in a 90s kick that day." Or I was really in a 80s kick that day. Today I was kind of all over the place. Um, I don't. I don't think I even want to tell Wayne what I was listening to because he would probably make fun of <laughs> one of one of my selections. Yeah, I definitely Cross. feel that. Kenny Loggins it wasn't Christopher Cross. It was. Do you do you remember the Do you remember the band Wet Wet Wet? No. It sounds very eighties. Uh, they had a song. This was what. It was eighty seven. They had a song called "Wishing I Was Lucky." I didn't need to hear it. I was lived it. It was um it was very uh it was very um breathe. It it sounded like up the the more peppy breathe if you remember breathe. Hands like to I heaven. I remember Sly Fox. I remember you I, I remember you got the cassette, the Sly Fox cassette. Let's go all the way. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> I've never heard of that band. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only song they have, so Nope, one one hit wonder, and and I kind of get pissed off. I kind of get pissed off when people post those lists about one hit wonders, and then you know they'll put stuff like um, "Flock of Seagulls" and and it's like, oh no, that's not fair. Or Alpha yeah, Phil. you got you got to really feel the band. Yeah, or Big Country, and I'm like, uh, no, Big Country was more than in a Big yeah. Country. So I hate you guys. Um, all right. What 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 else? What else should I be asking you? Because usually, Melanie, um, when I prep for episodes, you know, I'm 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 doing research on on people. I'm I'm watching their YouTube videos. I'm listening to their albums. These episodes are a little more difficult because, like, I'm not going to go find your Facebook page and I'm not going to go stalk you. So, so what, what should we be asking you? What, what do you want people to know about Melanie Berg? Really anything. Honestly, I'm in such an open book. Like I can carry on a conversation, talk about literally anything, like especially music related, because I really have a deep connection with music. Like I tell everyone music saved me big time. And Wayne is saying that my connection is horrible. <laughs> my connection's horrible. Yeah. Really? Okay. You're saying that I'm like freezing or Melanie's crystal clear. Mine. So yours is, it will either black, it'll go black okay. and say even up in the corner that you're, that it's still recording, but your connection is, uh, your internet is poor. That's why it's disabling your, Oh, now see, you're just supposed to, I just was texting you. You were supposed to take that into consideration and keep going. Well, now you've, you're giving me a complex. So, I, did, I thought maybe there was something you could do behind the scenes. I didn't know you were going to call me out and make me exp- explain it. I felt like usually I'm much better in court than this. Okay. But you're, yeah, so everything's this is, fine this now. Is, it's definitely better now. Okay. Okay, yeah. 
right. I think one of your kids was sucking it all up with some sort of TikTok video they were making. Uh, oh, you should see my brother with this computer. <laughs> <laughs> my kids better not be making TikTok videos. Oh, your kids are making TikTok oh, yeah. videos. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's two kinds of kids. Those that make TikTok videos and those that lie about it. TikTok's just like I don't always say it's like the new version of YouTube. Like it's so easy to get famous off TikTok. So that's why so many kids are using it. Just because like they know it's so easy to get famous off of there. But what are they getting famous for? Like because I don't <laughs> I don't use TikTok. So I don't things. Okay. Yeah. I mean I have TikTok and I do use it, but it's like this one girl, Bella Port, she um I love her, she's really fun, but she got famous over a video of her just smiling, zoomed into her face. Like, just doing nothing but just moving her face, zoomed in, and smiling. I'm like, talent, I'm just like, people get famous off of talent, but how do you get famous for just smiling at a camera and not doing anything but just that? I'm just like, and then some people get famous for dancing, and it's just, it's a lot because there's also a lot of TikTok drama involved, and it gets so annoying. I'm just like, what's with the TikTok drama? TikTok just drama. stop doing stupid things just, just because you're drama. famous. Yeah, like just because you're famous and verified doesn't mean anything. Yeah, every so often I'll I'll be on Twitter and it, and I'll look at the trending now and it will tell me who's trending and I always regret looking at it because it's always some kind of YouTuber drama of somebody got called out for blah 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 and I'm. I just I this is this is where I go. I'm an old man. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Get off <laughs> my lawn. So Yeah. <laughs> That's literally how I am too. I'm an old soul inside an 18-year-old body. Like I have such an old mindset. I think it's more maturity than anything because I've been through enough to really grow to a point where I'm like, okay, that's not right. Don't act like this. Be that way. Like it's just a different mindset, if that makes sense, from when I was little. Yeah. So I see these things. I'm like, Ugh. Is Is TikTok for, like, the privileged? Do you know, do, do you know what I'm saying? No. Like, like the, if, yeah. you, if, you, if you watch the old 80s John Hughes movies, for instance, is, is TikTok everyone or is it for, like, the James Bader characters? It's honestly for everyone. Like I've seen people like, especially now where people come from like poverty, they're like, there's this um one lady, she's this um Latin American and she's all dancing very stiffly and like a, like a small dress. And it's really, it's, it's, everyone loves it. Cause it's funny the way she dances and she got verified and famous just for dancing all silly and okay. with like an Android quality phone in poverty. And it's like, interesting i don't know because people can get famous literally like how i said famous off of anything and tiktok is so famous it's so easy to get a lot of attention from there you go that's the word i don't want to use famous yeah. a lot that word yeah. is I, just stuck i in think my the head. word fame famous <laughs> has been diluted it's yeah it's totally diluted. definitely because yeah a lot of people let that get to their head <laughs> all right so i will say this though isn't TikTok the reason that the cranberry juice skateboarder guy who's listening to Fleetwood Mac streams dog face that that dude made it from tick from from TikTok right? Yes, and he like if you look into it from his story, he's so pure. He's one of my favorite TikTokers, honestly. Like he's not involved in any drama. Like he has a daughter of his own. He went from living in a trailer, no car, to traveling literally on a skateboard, drinking cranberry juice to Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> 
so and good. he made a dig and was able to get a truck. And it's like that's that's literally an example of fame doing something for good. Not and he's yeah. not letting it get to him, you know? Like he's being responsible about it, which is really good. And that's why he's what do I say? That's why I said he was pure, because he doesn't let it get to him. Yeah. So that's why he's just amazing. He's hilarious too. Hey, if the queen herself, Stevie Nicks, is going to acknowledge you in your own commercial, kudos. That's all I can say. It's still not enough for me to create my yeah. own TikTok account. I'm not going to do it. If I, if you, if, <laughs> if there is a TikTok video of me, you can tell. I can tell you this: there is a gun outside the screen pointed directly at me. Uh, for sure, for sure. All right. So, so Melanie, tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode. All right. So I collect a lot of CDs, and this just really fun. And one of them really stood out to me and I was thinking Road to Ruin by Ramones, one of my favorite albums literally ever. I'm obsessed with the Ramones and this album really stands out and it has such an interesting story right like behind it. It's just like, it's definitely one of their most rebellious albums. Let me just say that. Definitely very rebellious. So, um, Wayne, we've already done a Ramones episode. We did the sixth studio album by the Ramones, Pleasant Dreams, which came out in July of 81. This is the fourth studio album from the Ramones, uh, released in September of 78. So, Melanie, you, you said it's got an interesting story. So give, give, us the, give us the story. Well, so basically, as I said, it's a rebellious album because the Ramones at this time were not being taken serious because a lot of their songs were just like about being angry at the world. And now this song, if you look at a lot of the song titles, it's like they're bored and they're just kind of making fun of of the situation because like their album was saying you're not taking this serious. And so they try changing it up a little bit from going to like heavy headbanging punk rock to ballads that are just kind of slow and kind of chiller. And their manager, Danny Fields, when he was writing all this down into like the CD booklet that then the booklet that they have inside the CD that have Danny Fields was saying that the music industry and its half-witted brother radio believed that the punk aesthetic contained within itself the engine of self-destruction, the most prominent bands in that genre were seen as a bad investment to the relief of the many people who could never stand this stuff in the first place. It was simpler to say of the whole array of musicians and the music label punk that it was a fashion statement coming from London or the equivalent of the equivalent of vomiting on strangers in airports. British puke stole the show and a lot of great music was buried in its flow. So that's what Danny Fields had to say about this album. So he wasn't very happy about it because this kind of this album really failed them, but it was successful at the same time because they did have well their biggest hit came out of this album, which was I Wanna Be Sedated. And that's what made this album big was that song. Yeah. I I read a couple other articles, um, interviews or um uh reviews of of, of this album. My favorite was Charles Young from the Rolling Stone. Did you read this one, Wayne? Just parts. Just excerpts from Wikipedia. Yeah, I read parts too. All right. So I actually found found the article. I'm going to read a little bit of it and and because um, it makes me laugh every time I read it. Uh, he says, I've been working at this magazine for two years now, and every album I've endorsed has gone over like a fart in the elevator. 
What we have here is not in the words of Colham Luke, a failure to communicate. It is in the words of Richard Nixon, a public relations problems. You bastards just don't believe me. After extensive analysis, I've concluded that this is because I am smart and you are dumb. Your brains are so full of carbon monoxide, aluminum, chloride, hydrate, and carcinogenic food dyes that you are incapable of appreciating good music. I have a whole file drawer full of hate mail to prove it. So since dumb people are naturally distrustful of smart people, what I'm going to do is convince you of the error of your ways by reverse psychology. I'm going to endorse Barry Manilow, Andy Gibb, and Chuck Mangione. <laughs> you Christopher dumb- Cross. <laughs> hey, hey, t- t- quit with the Christopher Cross vitriol. <laughs> All right. Uh, he says, um, you dumb people get manipulated enough by your corporate and political leaders. I will, in the words of Jimmy Carter, never lie to you until it becomes necessary. The first article I did for this magazine in the summer of 76 was about the Ramones. In the time since, a thousand garage bands have flowered, and this has been a major accomplishment. However, the few good ones have been unable to get any attention from the dumb people who make up the mass market in the United States. This has led even fans to proclaim the death of punk rock. I doubt that's happening. The battle is just shifting from small clubs on either coast to hockey rinks in the Midwest. Except for Van Halen and maybe a couple of others, there's very little new coming up in, in high-energy rock. The vacuum is there to fill. The Ramones have become more cartoonish and less satiric, which is a step in the direction of Kiss and may give them a shot in the 14-year-old boys they need to replace the hip New York intellectuals in their audience. I'd like to see it happen, but I make no predictions. There you go. That was his review of this album. Um, he was hoping that this would cause the mass markets to embrace the Ramones. Um, and you can hear it. If you listen to those first three albums, they are, and Wayne, you can correct me if, if you think that I'm wrong. The first three albums are super punk. This one is a little more on the um, pop punk side. Yeah. They, um, yeah. yeah. They placed it in advertisement in trade magazines at the time. And they said, like, don't call it punk, call it new wave. And that's what they said. And, like, this album, and they were saying it's basically the Ramones version of A Cry for Help. And it sucks because this was when Tommy was replaced with Marky Ramone. So this yeah. sucked for Marky Ramone for his first album as official Ramones, uh, official Ramones member. Tommy ended up being what engineer and producer on this album though well the producer yeah, and the so. and the manager type uh but he's the one that he hired marky ramon like he knew he couldn't he at the beginning he never had played the drums he was that's they were like yeah we need yeah, somebody's got to somebody has to play the drums and so he just played them and he knew that the at the speed they played that he couldn't that there was no way he could take could continue this and marky ramon had been around. Um, I think at that point he was in uh, Richard Hell and the Voidoids and okay. Tommy Ramone brought him in. And so he wasn't replaced as much. I mean, he replaced himself. He knew it was best. What was best for the band. Taking yeah, one for the team. This thing too. Yeah. Like when they first started, Tommy was supposed to be a lead singer, not Joey, but Tommy was like, I'm trying the drums, but he knew nothing about the drums. So he literally taught himself, which was really interesting, but it just didn't work out for him at the end. Did did Marky ever like release an album of him singing? Um, 
if I remember correctly, I believe I don't actually. I really I don't meant, know. But I, I meant Tommy. I meant sports. Tommy. I meant Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. No, he didn't. I know Dee Dee did. Dee Dee did. Yeah. Dee Dee yeah. tried tried that hip hop scene, but that didn't go so well. <laughs> that was not a good look. Um, <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to speak ill of any Ramon. Um, all right. Anything else on bio info? Um, well, I do have to say that a lot of the songs also were written by Didi and mostly Didi, actually. Joey Ramon writ- written some of them and with a lot of people. But like I said, Didi had a lot to do with these songs. Like, he's just very creative and a lot of the lyrics were really repetitive. So I was like, you couldn't think of anything else. So I kind of see what people were thinking when they saw this album as like, it's interesting. <laughs> but um, at the same time, it's like, he did a good job at good job coming up with these songs because they are catchy, which is really interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne, anything else? Yeah. And the, what I saw credited all of the songs, except for the cover to, uh, Joey, Dee Dee, and Johnny, but I know you can tell which one are which lyrics were written by Joey Ramone and which ones were written by Dee Dee Ramone. You don't. Yeah, need, definitely. If, you, if you're a Ramones fan, you don't need anybody to tell you who did that. And I'm assuming exactly. Johnny just wrote the guitar, which I, you know what, he, Johnny Ramone is a guitar player. I I did not realize actually doing research for this. I re, uh, if there's ever a solo, it's uh, either Ed Stasium or Tommy Ramone. Jo- Johnny Ramone is literally all bar chords, all downstrokes. That's all he does. But he but he if that's your jam, do it like that. He he kills it. Yeah, is, Johnny Ramone he is a rhythm legendary. guitar player. Yeah, definitely one of the most recognized guitar players that I know of. And I know that because I follow Linda Ramon, who is Johnny Ramon's wife on Instagram, and she always posts them. And whenever I see her post about Johnny Ramon, I'm just like, man, this guy, he is someone I would look up to as a guitarist. Yeah. All right. Um, guys ready to dive in track by track? Yes, yep. sir. All right. So as a reminder, our scoring is based on number of songs on the record. Wayne? How many songs on this record? 12 and they barely made a half an hour. Barely made a half hour. It's like clocks (laughs) into like, what, 31 minutes? Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. All right. So um, let's kick this off. This is I Just Want to Have Something to Do. This was also used in the film Rock and Roll High School. Best movie ever. <laughs> I haven't seen favorites. it in 30 years. Uh, my cool had, aunt took yeah. me to see it in the theater. I had to buy it on YouTube in order to watch it. It's not available anywhere. I bought it on YouTube. <laughs> How much did that run you? Um, About five bucks. Okay. It wasn't that bad, honestly. All right. Yeah, the last time I watched it was at a... Um, I probably rented it from Blockbuster, if that tells you how long that's been. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm just going to throw this out here. 
I'm giving this extra points because he uses the the lyrics of eating chicken vindaloo. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I saw that in the lyrics. I was like, interesting. <laughs> I wonder yeah. what street he would have had to been on to do chicken masala. Uh, but yeah, vindaloo is my jam at home. That's what I eat. That's what I, I make when I make Indian food. But when I go out, I got to get the tikka masala. Tikka I just masala. don't have the time. That's, yeah, that's I can't. I can't. I can't. Right it's. Right I can't right duplicate here. it at home. No. Yeah. I don't even like Indian food, but my dad, for some reason, is obsessed with curry. That's We go out, he's like, do you have curry? I'm like, dad, really? That's all you eat. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I mean, any anything... He, here's the deal. This is not going to be an episode where we're going to gush all over the lyrics. No. I mean, this one, like I say, musically, it, it's uh, slower but heavier. Um yeah, lyrically, he's not, they do that kind of, to keep it under two and a half minutes, or keep it around two and a half minutes, they do two verses and they just pick one and repeat it again. Yeah. Um, it's, but it's, they're all, they're really all about the chorus. And this is a, this is a great chorus. Like I say, boredom Definitely. is a top, is one of the top punk themes of all time. Definitely. And you see that a lot in this album. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Going back to influences, you think Green Day was influenced by the Ramones? Oh, I, I think Green Day sometimes was knocking them off. Yeah. They were super influenced. Yeah. I don't Very, think they Billy, even do covers yeah. too. I don't think Billy Joe Armstrong would hide that. I think he would openly admit that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Um, anything else before we get scores? Well, um, I just want something to do. So this song basically this song in general shows a lot of their maturity, their death and their seriousness. And like the manager, Danny Fields, when he was like reimagining all this kind of reliving this time period, he said, like described it as it hits you in the gut. Like this song in particular literally hits you in the gut. And that's literally what I feel listening to this. Yep. And I'm, I'm on record many, many times on this podcast that opening tracks got to punch me in the face. So definitely this works. Um, this is my 11. Like I said, extra points for Vindaloo. Wayne, what do you got for a score? Eight. Okay. And then Melanie? I have to give it a four. <laughs> All good. All good. I know yeah. there's, there's other songs on here that's going to gonna get higher scores, but we shall see. Wayne's giving you Wayne's giving you the grumpy old man look. That's okay. That's okay. That, that's all right. All right, we'll. See. I gotta see this one play out. Yeah, it's just not heavy enough for me. <laughs> She's playing the long game, Wayne. She's playing the long game. All right, <laughs> all right. Next song is "I Wanted Everything." My notes are he's very needy. He's very what? Previous song, needy. I mean, the previous song talks about how he he's wants something to do, and now he he wants not just that, but he wants everything. I know, but that's you have to look at this. What I like about this song is because musically they give you what you what you expect, loud and fast. This you know, and 
you can see why they made a switch in drummers. Marky Ramone is is clearly more advanced. But this is a I gave this more points because it has a great there's a linear story in it that I can that I they don't you can't repeat a verse when you're when you have chronological order. And you go through this and this troubled this kid's troubled life now unless he doesn't get Easter and Christmas because he's Jewish and then maybe Joey wrote yeah. it. But I definitely think this is a Didi Ramon song <laughs> because he's feeling pressure to get a job that he gets a low paying manual labor job. And then he decides I'm going to take it from the man. There's all this money in this uh, supermarket. And you know what? You don't have to play the rest of the song or the, you don't have to go any farther with these lyrics to know exactly what happens. He, it's a botched robbery. He either gets killed or thrown in jail. Cause it's, a, this is definitely a Didi Ramon song. Definitely yeah. spoke the words out of my mouth. <laughs> all right. Anything else, Melanie? Yeah, well, Wayne basically said everything because, like, in the lyrics, he even says that it's like, actually, let me repeat that. You can definitely tell it's a DD's song because just the way it's worded. And, like, Christmas talks about Christmas, the Easter bunny, and all that. It's just, it explains a lot about their personality. Let me just say that. Like, it shows deep into their life. Like, you can really understand them through the song. Yeah. And and I would and I would say you know you always want to know what your audience is, definitely. And and do you think that this kind of song is playing to the audience? I would think so. Playing yeah. to the fans. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Wayne. What do you got for a score? Eleven. Like I say, this is a great. He's got a great story here. All right, Melanie. Six. Okay. And this is my 10. All right, next song, Don't Come Close. Joey song, right? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. more cut. It has a more country and western tune. It's a little bit bizarre from why they did that. But, a lot um, of that that sixties pop that he's he's in yeah. he's in love with the the you know those girl groups and the Beach Boys and all that stuff. Those sixties radio hits, and you can definitely hear it in here. One thing I have to take exception with is a guitar solo in a Ramon song still sounds wrong. And it's not even a very impressive guitar solo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm afraid I have to agree. But yeah, like they even said that like in the interview with Danny Fields, he mentions that punk wasn't working for them. So they wanted to try something new, which I respect because as a musician, of course you want to try something new. You don't want to do the same things over and over again because your fans that like connect to you, they don't, they kind of, don't want to hear the same thing over and over again. So of course they want to try something new, but for their moments that just didn't work out for them because fans love that fast paced music. Yeah. Yeah. And this doesn't score real high for us. So this is my three Wayne. And I also gave it a three, but just to give him some credits lyrically, there is, there's once again, there is something going on in here that any, that, uh, that don't come close is, 
his parents telling him how he's not meeting up to their expectations. And you go through this song and you can, and it's, it's written in there. I think when you look at it uh, and read the lyrics, it had potential. I guess if you just speed up the pace and, and get some more bar chords with downstrokes, um, we can, we could, we could have pulled this into a, a really good Ramon song. Even with the Definitely. super basic lyrical structure of this though. Yeah. But when you look at it though, look at the stuff that's happening. I mean, this kid's so frustrated with his, his parents don't cause there's like, when you look the, the perspective of it, you can hear him. His parents don't approve of him. They don't think very much of him and he doesn't, he's not measuring up and it's just, okay. it's, it's going and to the end where it's like, uh, you turn, you turn with rage, but act your age. Like, don't be a baby. Don't get, a, I mean, he's, he's got, it's got lyrically, it's got a lot of potential. I just musically yeah. is where it fell off for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Melanie, your score. Um, also a three. Okay. All right. Next song is I don't want you. Like I so, mentioned, um, this, yeah. oh, go ahead, Millie. Sorry, I didn't. I was like, I, I, have, I have problems like talking over people because I just get so excited. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but I think this song was really the breaking point for them because it proved to the record label that they were serious. Um, and the the president of the record label from Sire Records was Seymour Stein. Um, so this was the Ramones' own record label, and he was the president of it. Um, so basically, when he was saying it's like these are, are not fun songs, but explosions of pain and rage. That's literally how you describe mostly this song and also like the other songs on the album. So this song was like, like I said before, it's the breaking point. So this really what showed them like, Hey, we're serious. We should not be taken as a joke. Yeah. Wayne. I think I got caught up in the sound because this does sound like that combination of frenetic punk rock guitar and that sixties pop sound that, that Joey Ramone, uh, is so in love with and this and they do this a number of times especially through these uh first four albums and they mix that really well and so it sounds i like the way it sounds musically i like this song much better than i lyrically i'm not sure there's as much there as there has been even in the first three tracks but but sonically they're mixing those those 60s beach boy kind of girl group vibes with with fast loud guitars yeah, and what's funny you mentioned the Beach Boys. Marky Ramone is um, more recently he's been working with the Beach Boys and plays the drums oh. for them occasionally. And he they do covers of Ramone's song, which is actually pretty interesting. You mentioned that. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, I always watch it on YouTube. I'm like, man, Marky Ramone is just like he just amazes you. <laughs> what What do you guys think? So I got fixated on the first four songs um, from a title perspective. So the first two songs are talking about wants. These the this song and the previous song um, don't is the is in the titles. Yeah, well, honestly, Joey Ramone himself, growing up, he struggled with a lot of mental health issues. Um, he was bullied pretty bad from a young age and growing up because of his appearance, his teeth, and I know later on he did have a lot of health issues. 
But, you know, at the same time, if you look at these songs where it's like, I feel like he's just kind of pushing away certain things because that's like the message that I get from these songs. Like for I Don't Want You, that song in particular is like, I don't I don't want you, literally. I feel like that's what he's saying because I feel like, because you can yeah. hear the pain yeah. that he feels. All right. Um, did I get scores on I Don't Want You? I don't think I, I don't <laughs> no, think I did. did I? All right, Melanie, what do you got? A seven. Wayne? A six. All right. This is my six as well. All right. Next song is Needles and Pins. Yes, this is a this is a cover. Yeah, by the Searchers, nineteen sixty four. Yep. Um, guys, know who wrote it? I do. <laughs> so Sonny Bono and Jack Nietzsche. So there you go, Sonny Bono from Sonny and Cher. Or if you're a politician, anyways, uh, we won't even go into <laughs> the poli- yeah, let's not go there. We won't go into the California politicians there. Um, I know this song, uh, my introduction to this song, um, Needles and Pins, was through Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Tom Petty, rest in peace. Yep, they do They do a live version on Pack Up the Plantation, which I had no idea, Wayne. Um, that song actually was a top 40 hit for Tom and the Boys. Hit number 37 in 1985. Yeah. Well, their version is tolerable. Their version is yeah. They good. even yeah. Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. they even said it's more tragic than the original. They described it as a more suicidal version of a cover song, which is really interesting. They will say that. Yeah. Um, should Should I just go ahead? This This is my one. Absolutely, my also my one. Um, and I never have particularly liked this song. Um, ba- and that's based mostly on the Searchers version, but. On their first three records, they've always chosen a cover from this this yeah. era. Uh, Let's Dance, California Sun, Do You Want to Dance? Like they they were picking songs that worked perfectly for what they do. They were able to 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 turn these '60s pop songs into punk songs, and then they go and choose this one. And I feel like somebody pushed. I don't know. Who, I, I feel Joey has got to be the 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 guy who was behind this, but it was a it was a poor choice. They play it straight up. Yeah. I don't think it works for them. And yeah. uh, but I never liked the song to begin with. So yeah, because they usually made fun of things that like go wrong in the world. And they made a career literally of singing about being happy while going insane. But like for scoring, this is honestly my number two. I have to say it. Like number two, because I don't know, I want to give it a chance, but I'm just I, I, I can't go forward with that. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe going forward, Wayne, our least favorite song actually gets our two. So we can call it the deuce. <laughs> we're going we're to change <laughs> the we scoring system. We need to change system. the scoring system. Because yeah. 
yeah, I'm looking at my score for my 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 deuce, and I here here's my problem that I have with this. Not so much that I don't like the song. I'm not like you, Wayne, where um, you know the original doesn't do much for you, or Tom Petty's version doesn't do much for you. My problem is more with the sequencing. You go from "I Don't Want You" to one of the better songs on the album coming up next with "I'm Against It." This song just seems super out of place to me. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know where you could. It would have made. That's the thing is, I feel it's completely out of place for this entire. Maybe. record or this entire discography like it doesn't like i say their version of do you want to dance which i the first time i ever heard that song was actually the beach boys covering it and they do they make it work like they're taking the they can take there's certain old 60s uh pop songs that you can take and translate them right into a punk okay. song and they were great at picking those until this one yeah all right yeah all right, Wayne, what was your score? I don't think I asked you. Oh, this is my least favorite song okay. on this, possibly, of all Ramones history. Wow. Yeah. The gauntlet has been thrown down. Okay. <laughs> I feel this. I kind of feel the same way. It's one of the least favorites. I love the Ramones. Like, I will still listen to the song, but just not as repetitive as I would, like, for Do You Want to Dance, Blister Bop, or She Knows the Punk Rocker, which are my ultimate favorites. Yeah. All right, uh, I'm against it is next. When I got scores, so this one's really good. Yeah, absolutely. When I got scores, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm not surprised at all by Wayne's higher score on this one um, because I think I've heard you say everything in this list about how <laughs> I don't like politics and I don't like Jesus freaks and I don't like circuit. I think that you, I don't have a problem with water bugs. I think that you've said everything on here except maybe poverty. Um, Cause I do, I know you do care about poverty. Absolutely. All right. And water. Yeah. And I do have to agree yeah. with the Ramones about not liking Burger King because I think they suck. <laughs> I agree too. The guy that that wears the costume on the commercial creepy he freaks me creepy. out. Not gonna lie, yep. he freaks me out. All right, I yeah. do, I, but, um, I do have to say this though. I take umbrage. How can you not like ping pong? <laughs> ping pong's a little bit complicated. I feel like uh, I'm the type that I would feel, throw the paddle at someone. I feel like they were trying to work in Viet Cong. Yeah, and uh. They had to come up with something that didn't sound uh, overly racist because ping pong is right on the line. It is. All right. but, uh, yeah. yeah. It's funny you say that because literally this song is the example of the Ramones trying to be funny without trying to hate things. Right. So that's it's that's just interesting because I'm like, you know, the thing about the lyrics and all the things that they're against, it's like, it's, it's funny. I don't know. That song is just, it's definitely funny. <laughs> Yeah. Any any last thoughts on this one, Wayne? I'd like to say this is this is classic in every way. Like the whole, I think they they may have inadvertently created that punk ethos of just not liking everything. Like, yeah, does it everything being good, being bad, being fun, being popular, being necessary, just all of it. We are against absolutely all of it. All of it. Yep. Yep. Just yeah. for the sake and- of it. 
Yeah. All right, Melanie, your score? Uh, an eight. I'm matching your eight. Wayne? Ten. Yeah. All right. Uh, time to flip over the record, and I want to be sedated. most infamous song <laughs> yeah I think, yeah i feel like everyone knows this song but doesn't know who it's by and when you say it's the ramones they're like the ramones i'm like yeah they sing the song yeah and and you know wayne we had the benefit of you know growing up during the 80s uh this was released as a video in September of 88. Yeah, I saw the video. <laughs> yeah, and this was to promote their greatest hits album. What was it called? Ramones Mania. Mm-hmm. And it's a classic. Definitely. It's a classic video. And and I, I love the fact that um, that introduced people who may have missed the Ramones earlier. Because I, I remember watching Rock and Roll High School when I was what probably 10th grade 11th grade or whatever but i i feel like there were still a lot of people that we grew up with wayne that kind of missed them Mm -hmm. oh yeah i think uh a lot of people miss them uh and this it's anthemic and when you but and i think musically everybody's giving their best effort like johnny is not he's doing the same thing but he's he's moving it around the fretboard he's it's you know, he's using some of the higher strings. It's got that great riff that goes into the beginning of each. Of, it's all one chorus. It's just one chorus repeated over and over and over again. But you don't realize that unless you look at it. This is all chorus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and Joey, um, he wrote this while at a gig in New York. No, not in New York. On New Year's, New Year's in London. I don't know why I said New York. I saw a new. I'm like, wait, New Year's. In London, it was in 1978, and he actually got burned before a show at the Capitol Theater in Passaic, New Jersey. And he was like so stressed, like that he told Seymour Stein, his wife at the time, Linda, put me in a wheelchair and get me on a plane before I go insane. And I think that's what's like clicked in the side. I'm like, I'm gonna make a song about this. And that's why a lot of musicians keep a um, little, um, notepad close to them so that they can when they recite some 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 fun lines like that they don't forget them yeah all right wayne your score oh this is uh, this is uh ramon's classic i think this is the best song like i say it is just a chorus done again and again and again but marky and Dee are locked in and joey vocally he goes from being bored to being frantic He's it's just everybody's best effort and it it shows up. He just wants to relax. <laughs> Sit. Melanie, your score? Uh 12. This one's the best one in this album. That's it. And I'm making this unanimous. It's only happened 10 other times before this, Wayne, but 
we're making this a unanimous top score. Deserves it. Yeah. Agree. I'm looking at some of the other unanimous top scores, and all of those deserve it as well. In your eyes, Peter Gabriel, <laughs> deserving. Life on Mars, deserving. Lover, you should have come over. Hallelujah. One by you two. Yeah, all of those are deserving of unanimous, and this is also totally worthy of that. All right, next song Go Mental. I give this less points because Joey can't pr- pronounce mental. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, he does have a speech impediment, which was really interesting when I learned about him. It was like a continuation of the Ramones insanity plea. So, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. And plus, what's really crazy that you say that the way he says it, the long drawn out mental sound was very hypnotic, kind of sounding like a mantra. That's what they described. It was a mantra. I was like, I don't think to describe it or to compare it as a mantra, but like I said, Joey Ramon did have like a speech impediment, so he had a trouble speaking. I know because my brother he has a speech impediment as well, so he has a hard time saying his R sometimes. Okay. So like, it's really interesting, like the way he said it. Yeah, I was just I was wondering if he was pulling like a Liam Gallagher and not being able to pronounce Champagne Supernova. Instead, <laughs> instead of you know, champagne soap and supernova, like like he he pronounces it. I was just curious if maybe he was trying to channel that. I don't know. Um, but either way, pronounce mental. It's not that hard. I know. Mental. Yeah, mental. <laughs> All right, Wayne. Anything? Um, you know what I, <clears throat> and I know a lot. There's a lot of humor in their songs and. Uh, for some reason, I didn't. I this one bothered me. Like I guess, and I I just feel I feel very curmudgeonly, very old. But um, I don't know mental illness. At some point, they you can do it. They can do certain things, and I get the joke. And then this time, it just came off somewhat obnoxious. Yeah, it's literally describing a plea for help. That's literally what the whole album's about, and this song yeah. really shows it. If okay, let's let's say we're we're doing this podcast in 1982, Wayne. Yeah, uh, and, and like I I don't fault them because in in 1978 it was okay to make fun of the mentally ill. Yeah, and yeah. so lots have changed, and I and I'm not, I'm not holding them responsible for I'm I'm more holding myself responsible. You're, okay, like, usually. Usually, I I and I'm I'm very good about you know what with the spirit which with something with which something was done. Um, but like I say, if you've ever had, uh, a, I recently within the last couple of years had a rel- uh, somebody I think very highly of have a breakdown and to listen to this person that I, I know is, is smart and good at what he does all of a sudden be talking complete ramblings and ravings. And you're it. And then all of a sudden it just doesn't seem, sometimes it doesn't seem as funny. Which, epi- yeah. which episode of that was mine? 
that you're referring to? None. You, no, I'm just kidding. Your, kidding. your ravings are all <laughs> planned. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that because, like, I myself deal with like mental health issues. I deal with depression, anxiety, ADHD, and it's a struggle. But like when I said before, music saved me. It literally did because, like, when I started listening to Ramones, I got into deeper with them and just connecting to them. I feel like really helped me get out of that little nutshell that I was in. I'm like, open up more. Just jumping around my room, listening to Ramones, headbanging. Like this stuff is like, yeah. it gives me happy juice. It gives me that happy juice that I need. You're preaching to the choir because I <laughs> suffer from anxiety, depression. Um, yeah. What were, what were the other two that you mentioned? I said ADHD. That's the only one I don't have. I'm, I might. <laughs> I, have the first I have adult ADHD, I think. Because, um, yeah. I can focus on something too for too well. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, and then so bad that it makes me depressed and ang- anxious. <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. All right. Um, scores on Go Mental. This is my four, Wayne. I also gave it a four. I would, I could, I considered switching it out with my three, but I know you hate that, so I'd let it. I just let it go. All right. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have. <laughs> uh, would not have hit our top five. Melanie, your score. <laughs> I'm the total opposite. This is one of my top ones. Okay. Definitely a nine. All right. Definitely a nine. No worries. All right. Questioningly. See, now I can't, I can't pronounce that. Maybe I, may, I can't even say it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should give um, Joey a break considering that he could say that and I can't say it. Yeah. It says a lot. <laughs> I re-looked at the credits because I thought, okay, they're, they did a, a Searcher song. I thought maybe this was a Roy Orbison song. Nope, D.D. Ramon happened. I know. It just it sounded like a Roy Orbison song to me. And yeah. again, we're talking about 60s influences. Um, I would assume that they were influenced by Roy, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, Didi Ramon wrote this as a way of handling pressure. And in an interview, I forgot which interview it was exactly, but it says this in like the actual like CD cover where they have the little pamphlet that talks about everything. Because like I always read that in every CD I have, I always read the little pamphlets. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But they even said that this song is worse than Don't Come Close because this song goes completely serious. Like there's nothing really fun about it, if that makes sense. It's just super serious. And it's like, yeah. this is not the Ramones I know. <laughs> yeah, there's an acoustic guitar and a steel guitar, uh, and that needs to stop. And I don't want that. <laughs> that can't happen to me again. Um, for a band that, and in a lot of ways, this, to me, this I gave it the deuce for, I think this is a worse song than Needles and Pins, but they wrote it, so I'm giving them some credit. But this is a band mm-hmm. that, like I've said, is all about the chorus. And if when you listen to this, it there is a little, there's a hook in that just me, just me within the pauses just, just right and says questioningly. So there's, there's something there to build around. And this is, these are the wrong blocks to use on that. Definitely. This is a disaster. 
I think Didi Ramon was under a lot of a pressure that he couldn't handle it that well. Even though it's a song about handling pressure, but I don't think he handled it that well. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this so this is Medusa as well. Yeah. Melanie, your score. Oh, right next to needles and pins, number one. Okay. All right. Next song is "She's the One." one of my favorites <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm just gonna throw it over to you and then melanie go for oh, it okay <laughs> yeah so this one um wow this one really has a really deep connection to me because like for me like growing up me and my friend jessica we are super close like she's the only person i can be like super girly around because she's that type and i'm just it just influences me because i'm not usually the super girly type because i'm more into like Let's just say me and her have different music tastes. She likes Taylor Swift, Morgan Waller, country music. I'm the total opposite. I can't do country. Nope. But it's just when, like, me and her, we made these lists. And it's like we have, like, a list for, like, names that we will name our kids. Or, like, songs that we will play at our wedding or how our wedding will play out. And for my wedding playlist, when I get married, I want this song to play. And that song just stands out. And... It's crazy because this song was written as an afterthought and they wanted to add a bouncy pop song to the album, which worked because this song really shined through, especially in the me because it shined through a lot. <laughs> Love it. All mm. right, Wayne, what do you got on She's the One? Uh, this, I, my note said this washes all the bad taste out of my ears. This is, this is, <laughs> this is quintessential. Like I say, this is taking that sixties pop that they, that, that they're fans of and then mixing it with what they do and creating this whole different thing that, that no one else is doing. And, and this is, uh, this is just a, like I say, a perfect use of it. Um, it's a, this is a, a great, this is a great song. This one just yeah, it grew yeah. on me more and more and more as, as the week went on. Yep. Yeah. It was an afterthought, but it worked really well. <laughs> Definitely best decision they've ever made to put this on this album. All right. This is my seven Wayne. Nine. Melanie. Eleven. All right. Next song is Bad Brain. Yes, you know the hardcore punk band. Legendary DC hardcore band. Bad Brains got their name from this song. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming that that should have gotten extra points, Wayne, for you. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, definitely. Only I only had a few extra points to give out, uh, but it definitely got it. All right. Melanie, what do you got on Bad Brain? Um, number 10, this really showed the personality of the Ramones and like the band was known to be schizophrenic, but this song is just like, 
it just shows everything about them. And that's what I love about them because it shows their true colors. And that's really important, especially as a musician for a song to show who you truly are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the signature sound is all over this song. Definitely. Um, I gave this a nine. Wayne, I'm surprised I gave it a higher score than you did. <laughs> this is a lot of like there was a lot of decisions to be made at the top. Um, I think the drumming on this is is a highlight of why they went out and got uh Marky Ramon. Yeah. And like I say, having I've been reading Please Kill Me, which they're a big part of the part the the middle to later part of the book that I'm in. And it's funny, is this so it's describing this whole scene, and so looking at these lines about being an A student and drinking champagne and being famous and being in showbiz. Um, I feel like it's about someone specific and it's funny is I don't know if the, it's the, if, if it was their bad brain that, uh, or junk or did the junk make their brain brain bad. But I feel like somebody, especially in that scene, got hooked on, on the, on junk and went and left their famous, uh, and they lost all their showbiz cred and ends up on down at the Bowery at Max's Kansas city or, uh, CBGB's. Yeah, maybe. So you think that there that there's a autobiographical or a biographical? I don't think. Uh, well, you know what? None of them were famous ever until the '90s. Uh, but and I don't know that they were any of them were A students either. They may tell that story, but I don't know that that's true. <laughs> uh, but they I definitely they weren't famous it. or in showbiz. <laughs> yeah, they explained it really well in the song "Rock and Roll High School." They ex- they explained that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, um, Melanie, what was your score? Um, 10. Okay. And then let's wrap this up. Last song is It's a Long Way Back. Looking at scores, we're we're all in agreement. <laughs> this is our fives. Yep, five. <laughs> Mid, middle of the road, middle of the road. Um, would would this album have been better if they would have left it at Bad Brain, or do you think that this is the bow? No, I like it. Um, and I like that sonically, it sounds a lot similar to the first song that they started with, which was a little bit slower but heavier than than you're you're normally used to but i do like the way they go out with just that that one simple verse over and over again because um obviously it's obvious it's got to be a dd song he he was i don't know if he was exact i don't remember if he was born in germany or if he just grew up there because i believe his father was in the military but this sounds very homesick miss i mean almost miss mama kind of thing so it's it's got a sweetness but it's not overly sweet and like i say the repeating of it um i don't know it just kind of it it sounds fuller than it really is and i don't know exactly what causes that for me but i i i really for a song that's so simple i gave it a, a oh in fact we all gave it a lot higher score than you would think but it's funny, but I do have some information about that. The fact that he did grow Please. up in Germany. So basically, um, this was, this is the song in general, it's a darker side of Didi reappearing after a hiatus. And he wanted to do like a German theme song. Um, 
it did get him in trouble, not going to lie, especially in their er earlier albums. You know, Didi, he was a lonely kid. He grew up in post-World War II in Germany. He collected Nazi relics, and his dad would actually get really pissed off at him for bringing them home. And his dad was an American army officer. But, you know, for him, the relics became synonymous with angering his father, which was interesting. And that is just, like, really interesting that he was able to connect that to a song. And I was like, oh, I'll give you some credit. So that's why it's kind of, like, in between everything. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, here are the lyrics. So I give I give everyone the lyrics in advance. Um, so they, they have those ready for, for the episode. The lyrics are, you by the phone, you all alone. It's a long way back to Germany. Yeah, I that's think that's, it. that's, that's, that's it. it. That's literally it. That's it. <laughs> that, 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 those are the lyrics. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised I gave it my five just because, you know, I'm the lyrical guy. But I, I, I love the musicality of it. It Me is too. very, it's very Ramones and, you know, sometimes you just don't need to bore us, get to the chorus because there really is only the chorus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Plus, like, yeah, the Ramones are, are very known to be repetitive and because of that, they will forever be remembered as the band that literally recreated rock and roll and they made it fun again. That's how I will say it. And that's yeah. really interesting about that. And also they were so far ahead of their time, especially in the music scene. I think that's what really made them stand out. And this song like proved to that, you know, you can have three lines in the song and it still be pretty good. But at the same yeah. time, it's like for me, the reason why I had to, to put it higher was because of the music, just the way it sounds. It's like rock on. <laughs> yep. Yep, for sure. This is my five. Wayne? Also a five. Melanie? Five. Okay. All right. Um, so did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? Oh, yeah. Also, I do. My, um, I have to make sure that I said this just for my dad. Toto Africa. Don't like the song. <laughs> my dad wanted me to make sure I mentioned that. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> We stopped asking that because Wayne was getting his butt handed to him <laughs> with, with uh, the, the guests were all picking that. So. The amount of people who like that terrible song. Not a good song. Not, it was because I, I remember I was in choir and they did that song for um, a, sh a um, concert we did. And after that, I had a friend that I was super close with in close with in choir. His name was Dante. Um, I remember that, and he would always bring up Total Africa. He always would bring it up out of nowhere. Like, why don't you like that song? I'm like, one of the reasons is because of you. And then the other reason is because of how repetitive it is. Every store I go into, they play that song. Can you pick any other song? I love it. I still love it. <laughs> yeah, my brother actually loves that song, and that's another reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so any, any guesses on our top score? top song i'm kidding i want to be sedated i want to be sedated yep that was our unanimous average score of 12 for that we have a tie for second uh she's the one and i wanted everything get an average score of nine got a tie for fourth which and you know rounds out our top five uh i'm against it and bad brain nice there's yep. our there's our there's our top five all right perfect 
Yeah, Melanie, Melanie knocked out. Uh, I just want to have something to do out of our top five, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I forget. I forgive you. We. I appreciate it. We, yeah, because uh, Wayne and I knocked go mental out of your top five as well. So that's why. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Melanie, this has been fun. Ah, uh, this has. Thank you so much for uh, for 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 being a part of the show. Thanks for listening. Of course, appreciate uh, appreciate your dad and and him being a the longtime listener and supporter and and fan of ours. And he's always yeah. sharing our episodes and and whatnot. So yeah, he's a big fan of you guys. Yeah. But I appreciate you guys having me. It's an it's an honor, definitely, to be especially be on a podcast. I know my friends are going to listen to this, and they're going to be like. Melanie on a podcast? I'm like, yep, you bet you. You got it. You got it. All right. So as a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes. Just go to recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. You can find us on the socials. I'm at uh, Podcast Records on Twitter. Also the Facebook page. Just search for Records Revisited Podcast. Wayne, you're on the Instagram. Where are they? Where are we at there? Records Revisited Podcast. Pretty easy. And of course, go find us on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Yeah, we're on all the platforms. Make sure you go subscribe and rate or review us on all of those. And of course, don't forget to join our Patreon. You get episodes early. And if you contribute at the guest revisitor level, you could join us on an episode to talk about one of your favorite records, just like Melanie has done today. So go to patreon.com slash records revisited podcast. Definitely worth it. Thanks, Melanie. All right. So, of so, so this is this is the last part. You know what we do at the end? We all we all say out together. You ready for this? Oh yeah. All right. So please go support the arts. Make sure you go to a live show now that our favorites are back out there on the road and and doing it making a living please go support them be sure to buy a t-shirt of the band buy a record visit a record store and not just on record store day we are records revisited and we are out, out.